بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وعن أبي يعلى شداد بن أوس رضي الله تعالى عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال أبو يعلى شداد بن أوس رضي الله تعالى عنه نريد from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is reported to have said Al-Qayyisu mandana nafsahu wa amila lima ba'd al-mawd that an intelligent person is that person that subjugates himself that suppresses his nafs and he prepares for that which is after that meaning whatever the nafs desires of that person he does not follow that nafs but he suppresses that nafs the mashayikh say that there are two steps to Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala the one step is that just put your put your trample the nafs and the next step a person has reached Allah tabaraka uh, a beautiful poem he rendered and he said he said that your feet you are going towards the Qabristan every moment we're proceeding in the direction of Qabristan and at what speed also we're going in that direction but the nazar of the person is still in dunya where are you going and where are you looking you're going towards the Qabr but all the time the desire is to get more of dunya fulfill more desire desires of a person. So Nabi Ali Salam said that intelligent person is the one that suppresses the nafs and he prepares for what is after that. And a foolish person is that person that pursues the nafs, that follows the nafs. He fulfills his desires and he has great hope in Allah Taala that Allah Taala will forgive him. Allah will enter him into Jannah. In the next hadith, an Abi Hurairah radiyallahu anhu qal, qal Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, as that Abu Hurairah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu narrates, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is reported to have said, min husni islamin mar'i tarkuhu ma la ya'ni, that from the beauty of the Islam of a person is that he leaves out those things that are futile, something that does not concern him, that it is not his problem, not his business, he doesn't get involved in such thing, this is from the beauty of the Islam of a person. Imam Ghazali rahmatullahi had mentioned he said that there are three types of actions he said the first type of action is that action where there's only benefit in it either there's benefit of dunya in it or either there's benefit of the year after of deen in it so he said no problem a person he might carry out that type of an action and then he said the second type of an action is that action where there's no benefit of deen or where there where there is no benefit of dunya so he said the second type of action a person must totally abstain refrain from this type of action and the third type of action is that action where the there's no benefit in deen or there's no benefit in dunya. So he said that type of an action, it falls in the category of the second. Totally stay away from it. The fuqaha have written, for example, a kite. There's no problem in selling a kite. What's the problem? It's just a piece of material, just a string that is in it. But the fuqaha, the jurist have written, is makru to sell a kite. Why do they say it's makru to sell a kite? Because what benefit you're going to get in flying that kite? Just entertainment. There is a, it's a futile activity. So to sell a kite is regarded as makru by the fuqaha. From this we can understand that futile action in our deen how it is detested by Allah tabarak wa ta'ala in the next hadith <coughs> when Umar radiallahu anhu ali nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala narrates from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that nabi alayhi salam mentioned la yus'alu rajulu fi ma daraba imra'atahu that a person will not be asked in what he has for what he has hit his wife so this hadith, many people, they misinterpret this hadith. And many, many people, perhaps they will abuse their wives because of this hadith of Nabi alayhi salam, that a person will not be asked in regards to why he has hit his wife. So in certain conditions, Shariat has given permission. But even then, Shariat says that it is best that a person never in his life, he lifts up his hand on his wife. Quran Allah Ta'ala says, Those women, you fear disobedience from, him, from them. Then there are three steps that a person has to follow. 
The first step, fa'iduhun. Give them advice, give them nasiyat, that whatever wrong you involve in, that stop that wrong. Fa'iduhun. The second step, if they don't take heed, wahjuruhunna fil madaji. That separate in the beds. Meaning, doesn't mean the husband goes to his parents' house, the wife goes to her parents' house. It means that just in the same house, the husband goes into one room, the wife will go into another room. So she will get, out, get her wake up call that how am I going to continue like this? So immediately she reforms, she changes herself and comes back to the husband. So and the third one is and this hitting, there's many, many laws that are attached to it. For example, just a slight hit, meaning with a miswak, a person just touches the wife, not that he bruises her and he bashes her up or anything of that nature. So here, a shariat has given this concession, but the best is never to touch her. Nabi Karim in his entire life, he never lifted up his hand on his wife, Nabi alayhi salatu In fact, Nabi alayhi salatu mentioned that the woman are such yaghlibna kareeman, that they overpower a honorable man. That a person that's an honorable person, they get the upper hand over that man. But a man that is a base person, a person that got no respect in society, he overpowers a woman. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, I rather be a person that is overpowered by the wife. She rather get the upper hand over me. And I want to be that honorable person. I don't want to be the base person. So many, many people, they misuse, they misinterpret this hadith of Nabi Kareem For example, a man, he's allowed to reprimand his wife. She's not reading namaz. He can reprimand her. She's not fulfilling his conjugal rights. Then the man can reprimand her. A woman, she's talking to other men. The husband has the right of reprimanding her. But then also the best is a person never lifts his hand upon, uh, lifts his, hand upon his wife. This hadith, where has it been brought? It has been brought under the section that Allah wa ta'ala <clears throat> The bab of muraqaba, where Allah Ta'ala is watching every action of ours. So although you have been given this permission, this concession to reprimand your wife, remember that Allah Ta'ala is watching you. On the occasion of nikah, when we read the verses that are recited in the khutbah, in the khutbah of nikah, all the verses that are recited got nothing to do with nikah whatsoever. What have they got to do with? Everyone just talks about taqwa, 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 all the time taqwa. Why? When there are other verses in the Quran Sharif pertaining to nikah, why is it that Nabi Al-Islam recited the verses of taqwa that remember this wife that you have got this is an amanat from the side of Allah wa you cannot use her how you want to use her and if there's a problem in your house then no police force and no army can come into your home and solve this problem out on the streets yes they can solve the problem but in your home they cannot solve the problem what happened in the privacy of your home but have taqwa fear Allah wa that in regards to this wife of yours tomorrow you are answerable in the court of Allah wa Allah give us all the understanding inshallah